morning. Welcome to Thursday. It's 12 minutes past 10 and it's time to say Joe Santa. Steve Fines, how are you? Well, Joe San, indeed. Absolutely. Yes. Let's start with a couple of pieces of foreign interference, if we may. Well, oh, we, we're going on foreign interference first, all right. I deplore it. Can I just say that? 1.4 billion people are deeply offended. I meant emails. <laughs> <laughs> Two people are deeply offended. <laughs> oh, right. Well, we'll, 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 well very quickly, we'll do that, because we just started there. I mean, all I would say about this this um, new new um, legislation that's now been signed off by President Trump in America, which is the Hong Kong Democracy Act and the Act which bans the sale of um, weaponry <laughs> and other ex materiel to the Hong Kong government, is that, you know, I've heard all these people going, oh, my God, I think politics is involved in this. Oh, Hello. I am shocked. I am deeply shocked. God, yes. I, the idea that, that, that President Trump and some of those people jumping up and down in the Senate and the Congress have political motives is, is appalls me. I also hear that the Pope's a bit religious. I don't know if that's right. <laughs> you get the feeling It's just that one... a story. No one's confirmed it. So, yes, of course there's politics involved in it. Yes, of course, there's some cynical calculations here. Yes, of course, um, the People's Republic has, has told the world how offended 1.4 billion people are, etc., etc. All of that, yes, it's all true. <laughs> so let's not waste any time on it. But the, what's interesting about this is the enormously high-profile level that Hong Kong has now assumed yeah. in global affairs. I mean... No more I, page six? No more page six. Thirteen more like yeah. it. I mean, you know, when was the last time you remember the district the district council <laughs> elections being a front-page story in practically every respectable paper around the world? Yeah. Now, of course, the reason for that is that people are intelligent enough to realise that they were very much more than elections about who's going to collect the rubbish bins. They were, in fact a referendum on the government and the people have spoken and the people do not like the government. So what's really interesting about this is, you know, the line was that there's a big silent majority sitting there, they're all seething with rage at the protests. Well, that's not true. The line was the protests, people are fed up with the violence, they're going to get out there and they're going to punish those who are responsible with it. Uh, that's not true. The line was, oh, this will all go away. They'll get fed up. It's all a lot of young kids, you know. Just, 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 just sit tight, bang them on the head a bit, or possibly put them in jail. We've tried that, trying to put 5,000 or so in jail at the moment. Very large number, in case anybody is in any doubt about that. That will work. And then, I mean, you cannot Adam and Eve it. And then, out comes the Sino, the chief executive in name only, and says, I'm going to humbly listen. I'm going to humbly listen. Mind you, she says, while humbly listening, no. I've already decided that I'm not going to listen to what they were saying. Look, I mean, humbly listening doesn't include accepting any of the demands made by the people who've just been elected overwhelmingly. And remember, practically everybody who was elected on the pro-democracy ticket quite explicitly said they were standing on the basis of the five demands, public inquiry, um, uh, you know, etc., etc. full democracy. She said, no, 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 of course, I'm, I'm going to ignore those. But I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to... Um, and what am I going to do? Oh, that's right. I'm going to launch a commission of inquiry into the social underlying causes of the rest. Oh, and I tell you what, we, we, we might look into some of the political aspects as well. What? I mean, What? Is she even Say that again, please? Yeah. <laughs> is she even vaguely 
um, minusculely serious. Yes, I mean, let's launch into an, an inquiry. I mean, why don't they have an inquiry into latest developments in philately? I mean, you know, for God's sake, woman, do try and at least pay some semblance of attention to what's going on. And then you've got you've got every every uh, usual suspect, you know. I mean, it is extraordinary. You've got Maria Tam has a, 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 a God knows where it came from, but a, a, a phone call that she was having has emerged in the public domain where she's saying, you know what, I think we should do, we should try and disqualify, find a way of disqualifying the newly elected um, councillors. You've got, uh, in LegCo yesterday, I mean, would you, Adam and Eva, instead of saying... <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm really sorry. Nobody <laughs> trusts us. There, there, there's someone from um, Regina Ipps' party which got no seats whatsoever. That zero minus zero still equals zero. Popping up and saying, you know what? We've really got to get the civil servants under the thumb. They've got to all go out and sign a loyalty pledge. I mean, this is within days of this devastating result. This is their response. And then, you know, if that wasn't enough... You've got um, various other members of the defeated um, anti-democratic camp going, well, I think we've got to, to seriously reflect on this, and we must, whatever else we do, we must do nothing. That's absolutely essential. In the, in the wake of this tsunami, the really important thing to do is absolutely nothing. I mean, these people are so disgraceful. I'm running out of adjectives. I can see you've peaked, actually, Steve. <laughs> We're at peak adjective at yeah. the moment. So, I mean, if you want to know why the um, pro-democracy uh, camp triumphed and why the anti-democrats are in such a pickle, just look at the reaction to this tsunami of support for, for the protest movement. And, you know, even they can't even take responsibility for their own defeat. You know, in the wake of the massive defeat of the DAB, after the protests about the Article 23 legislation in 2003, the then leader of the DAB, Jan Yuk Singh, in my view, quite rightly resigned because he'd, he, he'd been the head of the party, had been heavily defeated. Well, there was an even heavier defeat for the DAB in these elections. And Starry Lee, who apparently is the leader, but who knows? I mean, you know, she's so lightweight that feathers have been known to be heavier than she is, sort of came out and going, oh, I'd like to resign. But they said, no, 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 carry on, Starry, you're doing a great job. No, you're not. No, you're not doing a great job. You're doing an effing awful job. And you're not going to take responsibility of it. Regina Ip, whose party scored uh, no seats whatsoever, said, well, you know, I don't know, I don't think there's anybody to blame here. We, 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 we did, blah, 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 who knows what the end of that sentence was, and so on and so on. So nobody takes responsibility. Of course, nobody in the government takes responsibility. We kind of know that, even though they've been so phenomenally successful in everything that they've done. They won't listen to the people, and then they have the gall, the absolute gall, to turn around and go, you know, these results, they're a bit fishy, I mean, the, the very lovely, and I must say, the most cuddly member of LegCo that we, we, we have, which is Mr. Junius Ho, said, yes, I don't understand these results. They're a bit... They, they, they don't make sense to me. Of course they don't make sense to you, Junius. People hate you. That's, that may not make any sense to you, but people hate you. Just, just accept it. I think you need a brief. He has supporters. He has supporters. <laughs> but, but a lot of people hate him. I could name names if we've got 
many hours for me to you've do. You've corrected a list. me before, or you've corrected listeners before. You said, "Well, they're not they're not pro government; they're pro Beijing." So, bearing that in mind, the obvious thing for them to do now is turn around and start snapping actually at the government. Well, I think I think you'll see more of this. I mean, remember again, you see that the regime has changed so fundamentally in Beijing since two thousand and three, when indeed. The, the bosses did allow the pro um, so-called pro-government camp to attack the government. They actually gave them license, said, you know, we've been a bit close, you know, all right, if you want to be a bit critical, it's all right with us, mm. girls and boys. And they went, can we, sir? Yes, right. Oh, thank you, comrade. Well, we'll be a bit critical. This time, there's no indication of that. Now, one of the reasons why it's so difficult for Beijing to authorise the... Um, pro-China camp to, to be a little snappy with the government, although in fact they have been, is that it's so evident now that there isn't a government. You know, there is only uh, um, uh, people like the Sino carrying out orders from Beijing. So, you know, any criticism of those execution of those orders is in fact and they keep saying this incidentally we don't need to guess it is a criticism of Beijing itself. So they're very worried about that mm. and it hasn't been happening. So where where do we go from here? I suppose that's the, the question that everybody asks. So there is a possibility, and it's seen today and it's been seen in the last few days, that the election has, has let off a lot of steam and people have said, look, we've been to the ballot box, we've delivered a verdict, it's up to you now to respond to it. Now, don't set up some cockamamie committee of all your best friends who are going to conclude that there may well be a housing crisis in Hong Kong. We sort of know that anyway. You know, move on to what's actually happening. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm not entirely pessimistic that the pressure will not produce sufficient momentum to force. They won't do anything willingly, this government. I remember how long it took them to scrap the extradition law after it was abundantly clear that it needed to be scrapped. Remember how long it took Carrie Lam to respond to, to one million people coming out in the streets, mm. in which her first response was, well, you know, they, they can one million people. I mean, you can't expect me just, just because one million people are demonstrating to take any notice of that. Well, she said exactly the same thing after this election. And indeed, movement did take place. So I'm not entirely pessimistic that there's an absence of a possibility. Mm. The obvious first step would be set up this independent inquiry that everybody's been talking about. And with, incidentally... With what powers? Well, that's the point. It can only be a judicial inquiry. If it's just a, a, a talk shop where, you know, various people sit there and write long papers that nobody reads, then, then it's pointless. It's got to be a judicial re re inquiry with powers. Powers to require people to appear before it. Powers to require um, the police to produce documents on request, etc. Is that a proper judicial inquiry? Now, the police say, and they say it practically every day in their briefings, that they have been acting within the law and with considerable restraint. Any police briefing you go to, they say that. Well, if that's true, they've got nothing to worry about. The inquiry will show that they have been acting within the law and with considerable restraint. Mind you, they may find out other information which contradicts that. I'm just saying that is another possibility. But, um, but you know, you can't, on the one hand, keep saying that there's no problem here, and on the other hand saying there's no problem, there's no problem, we're completely legal, mm. and we don't want anybody to investigate it. I mean, one of those statements has got to be a bit wonky. Mm. 
probably the first and the second. Highly likely. <laughs> Let's go to the listener. We, the listener. Now, there's a listener here with a very fine name. It's Stephen. He says, since those uh, commenting on behalf of the so-called blue-shirted silent majority have gone very quiet, but not quite enough, Stephen, I think we have seen who the true silent majority are. Whether a majority or not, I believe there is a sector of society who, while being against the violence perpetrated by radical protesters, blame the government and its inaction, and police violence more than the rioters. This has been clearly reflected in the polls. Now is the time to really address the whole situation and get Hong Kong back on track. If Carrie and Beijing bury their heads in the sand once again, the troubles will only erupt again. My greatest fear is that if unrest is quashed by authoritarianism and bottled up for another five years, a later in uh, eruption will have dire consequences for Hong Kong. We have an opportunity, we have a window of opportunity, in the words of our beloved government, act now! Remember Act Now? Oh, <laughs> Thank you, Stephen, for reminding us of Act Now. But, I mean, you know, everything he says I would agree with, and I would just add to that, that, that you know, windows of opportunity are brief. They don't, they don't last for a long time. This is an extremely crucial moment. Is and, it? you know, you can't, you, you really can't, although they have, come out and go, oh, we're going to have a commission of inquiry into things that aren't... aren't uh, aren't part of the protests. See, very often when people, as you say, bury their head in the stands, the reason's simple, they don't know what to do. They don't know what to do, but of course there's an additional problem here, is that they haven't had instructions. I mean, now there's a very good Reuters report that surfaced this week about the command centre that's been established in Shenzhen in, in, in a place appropriately called the Bohemian Villa, uh, where, which basically is, is, is uh, very... Uh, high-level command centre, uh, which basically is just telling the government what it's got to do by the minute, by the day, by the second. And um, the problem with the command centre, and one of the reasons why there's so many rumours about the uh, the sacking of Wang Jimin, who's the um, head of the liaison office in Hong Kong, is that they clearly have not been fed anything like proper information. I mean, astonishingly... So they're really mad, too. So they're really mad, too. I mean, astonishingly, and I've now heard this from several sources who, who, who have every um, credibility in knowing that before the election, the people, the pro-China camp, had actually persuaded themselves they were going to win the election. Sure. That they that that people had had so turned against the protesters because of the disruption, the inconvenience caused, and the level of violence that they would they would this silent majority that they kept wang, wangling on about would somehow emerge and give a beating to the Democrats. I mean that's one of the reasons, incidentally, why they elect, allowed the election to go ahead because they actually bizarrely thought they were going to win it. Yeah, go figure. Right, let's have a break. That <laughs> was an overture worthy of Beethoven this morning. I want to get in touch with Steve Morning Brew at rthk.hk. We've got another email. Who's that from? We'll do it after the news. We have another email. Very interesting one from Jonathan. Shall All right, we, Jonathan. Shall we we'll, hold we'll do, on to let's that? Let's do it after yeah. the news. Right here on Radio 3. Still in with Steve Vines. I want to go to a quick email, Steve, here from Nelly, who says, after Sino's press release on Tuesday... I actually was left wondering whether her message may have been directed as much at Beijing as the Hong Kong public. As it appears that her hands are tied and the Hong Kong government can't take any clear independent action, he said, do you think that could be a possibility? Yeah, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. It's an interesting idea, isn't it? Because, um, you know, I, I, I think, and 
honestly, I didn't come all the way from Sai Kung to Kowloon Tong to say this. You do have to feel minusculely <laughs> sorry for the Sino, in as much as she really, I mean, you, she, she can't actually go into her office and blow her nose without um, sending, a, sending a text message to, to Shenzhen saying, nose blowing okay today? So, you know, I mean, I think um, there is a problem. And, of course, the other problem, I mean, not only, of course, is there the problem of control, but the way the control is exercised, because, of course, China is this giant bureaucracy, so they're very slow in responding. I mean, not that the Hong Kong government's actually, you know, famous for its uh, um, speedy action, but, but the Chinese lumbering bureaucracy, which, remember, has to go through so many layers before a decision is making, is very slow. So, I mean, it, yeah, that... There could be an element of that. I, 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 I think maybe onto a point there. You're right, Nelly. Right, let's go <laughs> so on to got, an email. Uh, we have another one from Jonathan here. He says, "Oh, this is this is I like this one." He says, "As predicted by Steve at the time of the largest protest marches, the DAB has paid the price at the ballot box for blindly supporting the government, as well as appointing low-caliber people to decision-making positions." Can we now expect the DAB and other pro-establishment parties now be to be far more circumspect? circumspect in giving their support to the government. Also, Jasper Janyuk Singh dropped a strong hint in a recent Hong Kong Free Press interview, which incidentally I would recommend, it's extremely interesting, that CY Leung was an influential figure behind the hit and hard approach to handling the protests. If there's a reshuffle around the liaison office mm, based on the misleading information being passed back to Hong Kong, could CY's star begin to wane? After all, the current protest could be seen as a natural result of CY's handling of the occupation movement, and more importantly, its aftermath, such as the relentless pursuit of those involved and denying elected legislators to take their seats or candidates to stand for election on very flimsy grounds. That's, that is certainly one interpretation. I mean... Uh, the, the whole thing is, although, of course, China is a dictatorship, there are factions. There's factions mm. within the fan club here as well. Mostly here, to be fair, bless them, it's all based on personalities. You know, A doesn't like B, B thinks well, C is stinky. You don't think it's, you don't <laughs> yeah. think it's that upstairs? Well, I, I think it is. I mean, ultimately, they're, they're, they're all um, of the same mind, which is look, um, look after number one. And if some of that brushes off on looking after Hong Kong, we'll, we'll have that as well. But I think that... Um, there are clearly factions within the pro-China camp. I mean, CY Leung is a particularly malicious hardliner um, who, you, you know, whose basic view is if we can just crack enough skulls... Whackety-whack. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll get the result we wanted. The, the interview with Janyot Singh that Jonathan refers to is very interesting. I mean, he's the most thoughtful member and has been for many years of the pro-China camp. And he's basically saying, look... You know, something's got to give. Mm. And we're the government. Well, we're the government. He doesn't say we're the government because he's not in government. But he says, you know, in these circumstances, it's the government that has to initiate um, the process. You can't initiate the process from somewhere else. I mean, there's no recorded right. instance in history where the government doesn't take the initiative to end the process. But there's just about to be one. Does he say what he would do? I haven't read the article. Well... I, I, I don't remember, I've, I've got to, I don't have it in front of me, but I, but I, but, but I mean, one of the things he says is, uh, and he's, he goes very close to hinting that the Commission of Inquiry would be useful 
in in lowering the temperature and i think everybody now who's got half a brain has understood that you know although it may just look like a gesture mm. and although it may be a laborious process and etc etc you've got to do something you really have you can't just sit there and say we'll arrest them i mean look what the look what the the dab people spent their time doing in legco this week they want to find new ways of punishing universities you know. by withdrawing funds from them for allowing their students to take part in protests. I mean, this is their mentality. Punish, imprison, deny the reality of what's going on. I mean, it's as if they were in some tunnel that just just doesn't have an exit point. I mean, what? it is staggering that, that this is their response. Yeah. The people have spoken. We really got to punish the people. I mean, we're... we're back with our old friend Bertolt Brecht, you know, yeah. the famous remark that he made during the communist dictatorship in East Germany the, the party is dissatisfied with the people we've got to change the people <laughs> <laughs> One of Hugh's guests on Backchat this morning mate, I think it might have been Avery, made an interesting comment he yeah. said, yeah we always talk about these protesters being very young, he said yes they are and they too are going to want to go to university in, in Hong Kong, a lot of them Unlike, unlike, I mean this is this is, um this is where things get really interesting. Unlike the, 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 the people who are the most avid red flag wavers who send their children overseas <laughs> to Canada, to Canada <coughs> United States, and that ghastly imperialist place, Britain, which incidentally, I gather, is still open. I it's thought been it had a, closed. It's about to. It's been an interesting week in Australia, too. It, we got an email it, from it Alan. It has. Ah, oh, right. So this is, um, this is another subject which um, Alan... Uh, points out it's about the Chinese defector uh, Wan, Wan Chiang who, who says he was a spy in Hong Kong as well as in Taiwan and Australia mm -hmm. and said um, and his allegation is that, I'm just paraphrasing what Alan is saying that they had agents in the democracy movement in Hong Kong so he says so actually the PRC had reliable intelligence about what was happening here and why yet no doubt their bosses just told their bosses in Beijing the story they wanted to hear mm. and they told Carrie they just refused to credit Hong Kong protesters with intelligence or any move motive outside from hatred of China ignored the greed for US uh, uh, sorry their motive is hatred of China and greed for US dollars she as much as Trump lives in his own world and people just reinforce their prejudices well I mean these um, revelations by um, Wang Lijiang are very interesting I mean they're so interesting because China is getting increasingly hysterical in trying to discredit him. You know, they're, they're now, uh, the Global Times, my favourite newspaper, has now published a video, but not a moving video, just clips, uh, still clips from the video, mm. which allegedly having, uh, having him confess to various crimes on the mainland. They allege that he left China on a false passport, has got a fake Hong Kong ID card, etc., etc. Well, incidentally, leaving China on a false passport is staggeringly difficult. Um, but apparently this person who isn't a spy has never worked for the Hong Kong company he claims to have worked for. Yeah, it's going to uh, be... It, it, I, I mean, brown stuff and fans come to mind very, very vividly. But what's interesting about this is if you read the... Um, reports in for example the age the melbourne age yeah uh, which has been a very good source and the new york times has also followed this extensively is the forensic detail that this person has offered of the operations here the name of the company that he worked for 
China International Innovation Technologies, something like that, CIAL anyway, um, whose boss at the moment is being detained with his wife in Taiwan. They're not being allowed to leave because there's suspicion that their frequent visits to Taiwan for, were for purposes to undermine um, the state there. There's very, very, very stinky stuff. You this company, which I spent some time looking into hmm. its um, origins over the weekend, is very unusual. It's run by a charity, which they say in their annual report is a registered charity. Well, I don't know where it's registered. It's not registered in Hong Kong. It doesn't show up in any of the Hong Kong charity registers. It has a sister company with exactly the same corporate structure, exactly the same people running it. Mm. I mean, certainly the charity is also run by the same people who run these companies called China Trends, which... If anybody's got a good memory, this is where things get very interesting, was was one of the companies that was going to rescue ATV. You know, when ATV was going down, there was a lot of talk about how mainland interests would rescue ATV because it was so valuable as a source of propaganda. China Trends was the leading company. Well, that's an interesting rescue because this is a company that employs, according to its own figures, 11 members of staff, has never made a profit... Well, I don't know about never. It hasn't made a profit in recent years. Um, has assets, you know, just about as big as uh, uh, the average person's handbag. Yet somehow, apparently, had the resources to rescue one of Hong Kong's two terrestrial TV stations. So there's lots of stuff swirling around in the mix. The other thing, of course, is that, that, that these companies have links with Norinco, the Chinese arms manufacturer which is very interesting, which in turn has links with people who were involved in ATV previously. I mean, you know, there's there's an aroma coming out of all of this. Now... So you're saying this guy actually well, could be kosher? I don't know. I mean, I think could, he, he, yeah. he, has, he seems to have access to a level of information which is coherent with his claims. He's very young. Yeah, 26. So, 26, is mm. it? So, I mean, he's, he's not going to have occupied any senior intelligence position. But on the other hand, they have very heavy reliance on these youngish people to do all their computer stuff because those old guys barely know their way around a keyboard. So he may well have had access to information well above his pay grade. Mm. It's very interesting. Um, you mentioned factions just now. We haven't yet mentioned these two huge leaks about Xinjiang. The feeling is perhaps that it's two of however many. Somebody somebody doesn't like him. Well, that is absolutely amazing, isn't it? You're talking about the, the uh, leaks, the leaks that, 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 that show the lie that, that this one million people in Xinjiang, 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 got the name right, finally, um, are being detained in, in so-called re-education camps. And these leaks show that they are, of course, as everybody had always believed, not re-education camps. They, they're brutal detention centres in which uh, members of the Uyghur community are supposed to be bludgeoned into submission. And these leaks are supposed to have come from a very high level within the central leadership in Beijing. This poses another question. I mean, the leaks in themselves are fascinating. And remember, this isn't just a couple of pages. These are big wadges of documents that mm. have uh, landed on various doorsteps. Um, but it does pose the question, to what extent now is there some dissent within the leadership 
is there a, a power struggle going on? I mean, you know, you never know. You really never know because particularly under the Xi Jinping regime where control is so tight, mm. arguably tighter than it has ever been um, at any time since the, the leadership of Mao Zedong. So you don't know really what's going on, but you, 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 get, you get indications. And these are, I mean, just riveting indications that something or other is going on. A couple of interesting lines here from John, who <clears throat> writes to me, um, I think China will make a bigger thing of Hong Kong to avoid the discussion of Sh Xinjiang. That ICIJ document leak is huge and leads to more serious stuff from the US. The Hong Kong Act opens the door to about 100 other pieces of legislation now. Well, that, that's true. And I think the other thing which is important about the US Act, which, you know, maybe all bluster and fireworks without, you know, much substance, is that, that it demonstrates, in case there was any doubt about it, yeah. that you can't do a Xinjiang on Hong Kong. You know, you cannot put a million Hong Kong people into internment centres. It's just too high profile. Everybody is aware of Hong Kong now. And that's thanks to the people of Hong Kong.